Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the Litany of Trust. My name is Father Adam Potter, and we have made it to day 16, over the halfway point of the retreat this, for this 30 days, going into this Litany of Trust, desiring to more and more fully, completely abandon ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that he might have full access to our heart and we might have the freedom to love him in response. It's why he came for union with us. And how often out of our own brokenness, sinfulness, shame, discouragement, and in fears, insecurities, we keep him at a distance. And so he desires to break through that. And the way that we respond is by trusting him, allowing him access to us. And as I mentioned yesterday, we have this really significant tr- uh, transition where for the first 15 petitions, we're praying for deliverance, deliverance, freedom from this fear or from this wound or from this misunderstanding. And today we start the second half that is, instead of a response of deliver me, Jesus, today we'll be responding, Jesus, I trust in you, right? To really fill in these, uh, the right understanding, the truth of who I am, the truth of who God is in my relationship with him. And the pedagogy is really important that we start with the deliverance, the freedom, the looking at the stuff that I have in my own mind or heart that is in the way of allowing me to let him in. And if I don't do this, then what I do in effect is I just pile on more like even good things of just like knowing more about his love, um, appreciating his love more, uh, coming to uh, be able to share more about his love. We can add all these different gifts, tools, understandings on top of, on top of ourselves, on top of our hearts. But the idea is not just to get like pile up these different things about Jesus, about who I am and my relationship to him. The idea is to get these into our hearts. But if I have a heart that is filled with sin, that is filled with shame, that is filled with woundedness, that keeps my heart hard and calloused, then, then in the end, I'm just stacking and I'm not filling. And so... The encouragement at this at this point, like it was at the very beginning, is to not be afraid to look deep. Where is this fear coming from? Where do these wounds stem from? What were some of the lies, perhaps, that I came to believe and I started to live out of? And um, what are some of the places where I'm incredibly ashamed of who I am or what I've done or how other people see me, to invite the Lord into these places, to speak to him about it, to allow him to free me, to free me 
and especially through the, the sacraments, the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of the Eucharist, and then just the reality of prayer, and that you and I have, are an active participant in this relationship with Jesus, that we can call upon the Holy Spirit given to us fully at baptism, and we can um, claim this deliverance and to really ask the Holy Spirit to free us from from these wounds and to beg him to set us free. And now all of a sudden, um, the roof opens up and we're not just stacking things on top. We're actually allowing these realities to fill us. And so hopefully that that image makes sense um, because it's what we're doing. It's what we're doing is we pray for greater trust. And so today we come to this really powerful petition, day 16, that you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. I don't know about you, the creation of the world is one that I've, I've come to appreciate and understand that God effortlessly, out of his own goodness, out of his own love, created everything. Now, maybe I just take that too much for granted, but that he creates everything out of nothing, right? There wasn't already matter around. There wasn't just some dirt over here and rocks over here and he, he kind of formed. No, there was nothing right? There was nothing that was, no material that was present whenever he said, let there be, let there be light, let there be earth, let there be the sky, let there be the fish in the sea and the birds in the air. And all of a sudden coming to the climax of creation, you and me, male and female made in his image and likeness. And yet to really appreciate this creation is to appreciate that you and I, our material, is nothing, right? You and I are made out of nothing, <laughs> which, which means that if you take God away from each and every one of us, then what you're left with is not just like bones and flesh and blood. Or, no, you're actually left with nothing. And here's the point. It's not as if God, out of creation out of material already there kind of put it all together spun spun the earth and started getting it rotating around the sun and then just like left no today we really come to emphasize and appreciate that god did not just create and then leave god is essential for all of us continuing to be saint paul says it gloriously to the colossians let me read it to you this is colossians chapter 1 verse 15 and following He, Jesus Christ, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Verse 17, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Incredible. If we can take this to heart, it changes everything to really take to heart that God created everything effortlessly. Who is God? Father, Son, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit. All were there in the very um, first chapter of the first book of the Bible, Genesis. You have this kind of glimpse of the Trinity there at the beginning of creation, that there was the, the speaker of the word, let there be, and there was. And it's this 
um, speaker, you have the word that's spoken, and there's even this image of this spirit hovering upon the waters at the very beginning. So you have the, the speaker, the word spoken, and the breath that is there, the spirit, the breath. And so almost in Genesis 1 and 1 and following, you have this glimpse of the Trinity there at the very moment of creation, bringing all of us into existence. From what? From who? From love, for God is love. He is before all things. Jesus Christ is before all things. Through Jesus, all things came to be. And in Jesus, all things hold together. What does that mean? Jesus Christ, with the Father in the Holy Spirit, continues, what an image, right? Continues to hold you and me in the palm of his hand such that if he were to cease holding us, in existence, we wouldn't be. That every single breath that we breathe, every, every single thought that we have, every single word that we utter, every single movement of our of our body, beat of our uh, beat of our heart, <laughs> breath of our lungs, it's all a gift. Every single moment comes from Him. How does this change everything? Right? Of course. That if I'm if I am able to appreciate this then I'm all of a sudden able to live every single moment in the knowledge of how present God is and to receive every moment as a gift from him, that there is nothing that is um, guaranteed or promised or owed or, or there's nothing that I can do out of my own independence and autonomy. Like, okay, God, God, thanks God. You created everything. I've got it from here. Ooh, How about that to take to our modern mindset of trying to live as if I'm in control of my own life? No, no, no. Like I've got my family. I've got my job. I've got my hobbies. And when meanwhile, it's like if God wouldn't give us at every single moment this be, we couldn't do any of it. How glorious is it? This all hinges on the fact that God is good. He's good and out of his goodness loves us gratuitously into existence so that we can be, so that we can know his love and experience it and uh, respond with this first acceptance of his love and, and then giving of our own hearts. The psalm that Sister Faustina references is um, a great one to, to pray with, Psalm 139. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. Where do we need to allow this truth to penetrate our own hearts. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like coming to look at our entire life and to realize how close, how intimate, how personally connected to every moment, every aspect of our lives, God is and always has been and always will be. And there's this lie that can can separate God from these different moments, maybe of 
uh, ultimate adventure or um, seeming independence, maybe ecstatic joy or love. We can kind of think like, oh, finally, like this is mine and no one else's. And to really appreciate God's there. Like the only reason we can experience ecstatic joy or love or happiness or relationship, it's because he created us this way and continues to hold us and love us so that we can experience it. It also looks like maybe more difficult to do is those moments of suffering in our life, experiencing um, different defects in our life, whether psychologically, personality-wise, or physically, or relationship-wise, maybe some things that are just circumstances that we were born into, that we were raised in, that are really unjust and not fair. And to be able to take a hard, honest look at those things, maybe those are somewhere where we can just really buy the lie that God isn't there. He couldn't be there because that it's it was so painful or it was so awful or and maybe it's not just a way that we've been victimized. Maybe it's even a way that I um, participated or was the main instigator of a really heinous act or crime or whatever. And so that shame, right, can can make us, okay, so certainly God wasn't, wasn't there, had nothing to do with that. And well, God had nothing to do with the evil, he's there. He's there. Why? God loves us. But the Father's love for us is also one that sees the big picture. He knows the fullness of who we are. And he also knows the fullness of who we're called to be. And so that that God isn't going to be a tyrant and just come in and fix everything according to like his perfect plan. He loves us and he wants our hearts and freedom. And he also has the big picture and to be able to, to see how in the plan of redemption, the resurrection comes through the, the cross. Um, I don't mean to cheapen real, um, real moments of, of suffering or, or trauma or anything like that. But here is something that a, a priest buddy of mine shared with me not too long ago. Uh, that spoke to me. This is just a, a beautiful image. He was he was sharing with me about um, his his school had a first day of kindergarten just in the fall, and seeing all the different parents, grandparents drop off their children, grandchildren, and he was caught. His attention was caught by this one boy in particular who had his dad drop him off, um, walked him all the way into the classroom, and kind of got him assimilated with some of the toys and some of the other children. And, and then like slowly, like the other parents walked away and left. And it wasn't too long before he wasn't even out of like the school doors where he could hear the, that scream, that cry of his son. And you, as a parent, you just know that cry. It's like, even with a hundred kids, like that one, like that's mine. And, and then all of a sudden, um, this priest buddy of mine, saw the saw the dad come back to the room and just stand there he didn't he didn't pick poke his face out he didn't come in and like bring you know give him a hug or or whatever and say like okay it's okay it's okay like we can go he stood there right outside the door and just listened 
to the cry, to the the sorrow of having not having his dad with him, and and then to listen to the teacher come in and comfort him and tell him it's okay, it's okay. Your daddy loves you. He's gonna be back. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun. It's okay. It's okay. Um, you're supposed to be here. This is where you can have these friends. You can have these toys. Your daddy will be back soon. And the the priest was just really in awe at seeing the heart of this dad just rended, <laughs> rended listening to the suffering of his son and not, hmm, not intervening as the son wanted and yet was so present all at the same time. And the, the, the glimpse was that he shared with me and, you know, hopefully you can see it too. Like what an image into our heavenly father who time and time again, because he holds us in existence through his son and the spirit knows everything and knows even the cries of our hearts before we even utter them and knows the answer, the solution before we could ever wrap our mind or in maturity come to accept and and act upon. But that doesn't mean that he's not there. No, if anything, he knows the better picture for what we need truly and would allow us to undergo difficulty so we can grow, we can be strengthened and come ultimately to a greater appreciation of who he is. And so this is the invitation, right? To be able to, to look at our entire lives, the good times and especially the difficult ones and to come to take to heart just how our heavenly father is present, more present to that suffering than even we are because he knows us, he made us, knows the depths of our hearts better than we do. And that, that he's there because he has the better picture in mind. He's the, the greater plan for our thriving. This, of course, is brought about beautifully in the Samaritan woman at the well. This is John chapter four, that has always been one of my favorite gospel passages, one of my favorite characters. And that was captured and really brought home in the series, The Chosen, that if you haven't seen is really masterfully done in a way that depicts the story of the gospel in ways that is beautifully, clearly a fruit of prayer as the director and others have um, prayed uh, intensely, kind of a Lexio Divina, if you've ever heard that before. Lexio is Latin for reading. Divina is divine, so like a divine or prayerful reading of the scriptures and to see kind of the, who are these people? What are the stories? What are their backstories? What brought them here? And, and while we have the actual text of the scriptures, especially the gospels, to imagine what their lives were like, what their family history is, is all about with the, with the first century Jewish context, etc. And so here to take to heart this Samaritan woman and everything that brought her out here to this well in the middle of the day by herself, ashamed because she's not married. And as Jesus will bring out from her, she's actually been married six times before. And here Jesus invites her to really consider who he is. And he does all of this in the most caring, compassionate, direct, and um, mm, love, loving way. Just to, to enter into this scene, the way, the way that 
yeah, she, she just wants nothing to do with him. And he is so clearly there for her, for her heart. And so by asking her for water from the bottom of this well, can you help me? He asks her. And she said, you're asking me for, for help. You, a Jew, and I, a Samaritan. These two groups of people that did not relate to one another, let alone talk to one another. And there he's approaching her and she's like, what are you doing here? You don't even have a bucket. And there he's able to tell her, but if you actually knew the living water that I had for you, you would ask me for a drink, right? What does Jesus have for us? He's the one who knows our hearts. He's the one who made our hearts. And he knows every single one of the desires that we have. Desires not just for a little bit of life, not just for a little bit of love, not just for a little bit of joy, but for infinite life, infinite love, infinite joy, infinite happiness. He knows that because he placed it there for us, not to torture us, but to lead us into this response of his love. And so one of the, the things is that he's able to reveal, have her reveal that he knows that she's had six husbands before this. What do these husbands represent? They, they represent ultimately her own search for happiness. We're made by love, in love, and for love. And so our hearts truly are restless until we find that perfect love, which is Jesus Christ. And so here, Jesus, he points this out there. And here's what Sister Faustina says on page 102 that is really insightful. I've never heard it put like this or asked this way. Jesus indeed is in this cavernous place of her longing, the, the depths of her heart, of her search for love that not one of these husbands could satisfy. Realizing that her soul is exposed to him with its extensive thirst to be known and loved, why did she not excuse herself and walk away at that point feeling judged? Why? Why does she not excuse herself and walk away at that point feeling judged? It's like, because he's not there to condemn her. He's not there to judge her. He's there, the creator, the one who holds her in existence. He's there to let her know the depths of his love and that what she's ultimately looking for is him. And even, this is the connection to our petition today, to appreciate that those tragedies in her life, those different traumas, those different abuses, those different um, places of shame or insecurity, he was there for all of it. That you, Jesus, are continually holding her, sustaining her, and loving her. And he gives her this incredible invitation to trust in him. That it is I who you long for, and it is I who you have been longing for, and it is I that have been there the entire time waiting for you to turn to me. And that even Jesus would allow her to recognize that he's allowed this to happen. Kind of like that dad who just like is there, present to the sorrow, to the suffering, listening to it, and allowing it for a, a greater opportunity to come in and capture her heart at this moment by the well. Here's the beautiful thing. She receives this, that you, Jesus, are continually holding me, sustaining me, and loving me. She receives it. She accepts it, and she trusts it. And it's in that that you could only imagine. Afterwards, she even proclaimed publicly with joy that someone had told her all that she had ever done, all of the sins. 
she was so penetrated by the love of Jesus Christ and the fulfillment of the desire of her heart that she was content to share this message to everyone in the town. Listen, he's told me everything I've done. He knows everything. You need to come and meet him. What a ridiculous witness she would have been. You can only imagine that in this town, people talk, people know. It's like, oh my gosh, her? Like, what, what's she talking about? But the change, the transformation in her own heart to come and witness to who Jesus is was so dramatic and so convincing that the whole town came out to that well to meet him. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. Her witness that would be told for thousands of years all the way to you and me and the gospel and through this podcast to invite us to really receive this truth and receive this glorious reality of Jesus Christ continually holding us, loving us, and sustaining us. So with that, let's turn to our litany and pray that this reality, like all these realities, can come to be accepted in our own hearts and we can come to fully abandon ourselves to Jesus in perfect trust. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The litany of trust. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Drybones Ministries events and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.